With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. friends and welcome to another episode of pod friends that's how it works here my name is matt scott and i'm the host of pod friends and i'm just so grateful for you so glad that you're tuning in and um i don't want to take a ton of time before diving into this week's episode featuring um this week's guest sasha joseph and so i'll tell you more about sasha i'll tell you more about what to expect but first of all how are you doing How's it going? How's life? I know you might just be coming from another podcast. Feel free to take your shoes off, take your jacket off, settle in, get comfy, grab a cup of water. We're here. We're in together. And I'm excited for you to dive in and join this conversation that I had with Sasha about her life and so much more. But as we dive in, I want to invite everyone, myself included, to ask themselves a simple question, which is, well, maybe not so simple, but how can you live life to the fullest? And how can you live life full size rather than being in somebody's box? Um, you probably know what that's like. Like I know what I, what that's like sometimes when people, family members, friends, coworkers, anyone might have an idea of who you are and who you should be and how you should show up. But the reality is none of us are as simple as the stereotypes and the things that people think that we should be. Um, your story, my story, our stories are ours to tell. And this week's guest, Sasha Joseph, is such a powerful example of that. Um, today, I'm, I'm so excited to talk with Sasha in the second to last episode of season one of Pod Friends. And, you know, if you know Sasha, you know her from Rob as a podcast, you know her from post show recaps, you know her from silent podcasts where she's covered 90 Day Fiance, Never Have I Ever, Bridgerton, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Below Deck, Big Brother Survivor, all of the shows. She's covered all of it. And Sasha is not afraid to dive into the mess 
that we might not be brave enough to dive into, frankly. And I really love and admire the way that Sasha kind of um, shows up and is not afraid to speak up and is not afraid to take up space and live life full size. And that has definitely been something that I've been able to learn from, but also that I know other podcasters and other listeners have been able to learn from. And so I'm so excited for you to dive in and learn more about her journey. In today's interview, in this conversation, I spoke with Sasha about her journey from growing up in Mumbai, India, to moving to the U.S. and living in Oklahoma and Texas, and in a lot of ways, even shattering my stereotypes of what that would be like for someone who moves um, at a young age from India, really the day before starting high school, I believe, um, from India to the U.S. to start school in Oklahoma. And Sasha, Sasha's story is such a powerful one. And I love like the joy that's part of it. I love the strength that's part of it. I love the all of the ways that she just manages to shine and be a star. And so you'll hear about that journey. You'll hear about her identity as a Jewish woman of color and her work launching a cohort of badass black women and other women of color. Finding belonging despite differences, which is something that she's encountered. And also just not being in systems that don't serve you and and really finding a place where not only you belong, but also where you're nurtured and where you can thrive. There is so much to Sasha's story and so many different pieces. And I am just thankful that I had the chance to join in um, and dive in with Sasha to learn about her life and just her as this unstoppable force that we all know and love. But before diving into the mess, like Marie Kondo, like Sasha often, often does too. Um, first of all, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, please, 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 please. I'll say it one more time. I'll probably say it again at the start of next week's episode. But like, leave a review for the podcast and leave five stars. I'm so thankful and glad and, and appreciate everyone who has left reviews. You all listened to me last week. You left some reviews. Maybe I'll lead, read some of those next week. But um, I'm just so thankful that um, that I could be here and um, to, to hear the feedback from you all that this is also meaningful for you and this is time well spent um, is so great and so please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and um, you can find the podcast friends podcast feed by going to robhasawebsite.com slash pod friends feed where you're able to find the podcast you're able to subscribe you're able to leave those five stars leave a review um, and please, it really does go a long way to showing people that this is something that we value and also goes a long way to making sure that pod friends could be a thing that we have in the years to come. Don't be stingy with those five stars. And on top of all of that, I just want to encourage folks to follow pod friends at Hey Pod Friends. Follow me at Matt Scott GW. Email pod friends, pod friends at Rob has a website.com. Um, suggest guests for pod friends for future pod friends. Fingers crossed future pod friends at bit.ly slash pod friends nom. That link will be in the show notes, just like a number of the other links that I mentioned. Um, and also I want to mention something special. So. Today, you're hearing the, the conversation with Sasha, but actually right now, if you're hearing this when it comes out, you still have a chance, if you are a Rob Has a Podcast patron, to 
submit questions, to submit questions for my season finale interview, which will be with none other than Wendell Holland, winner of Survivor Ghost Island, um, and also a community member, someone we know especially well from recent times on the Purple Pants podcast, Bryson Wen presents the events, the Survivor Watch parties that he's been hosting for the community. There's so much that Wendell has to share. And if you're an RHP patron, go to the patron Facebook group. That's um, Rob has awesome, awesome patrons. That's Rob has awesome patrons. Um, easy for me to say. And, you know, respond to my post, letting me know what questions you have for Wendell. And that's one reason to be a patron, one level of encouragement. But also, when you become an RHP patron, which if you're listening to this on March 1st, perfect time to become a patron at the start of the month. There are all sorts of games. There are patron benefits. There are lots of community events bringing people together. There's a patron discord. RHP makes it really easy to watch shows like Big Brother Canada, including Big Brother Canada 10, which is coming up. Um, Australian Survivor. That's really all I want to promote at the start of the show. But without further ado, let me introduce today's guest. Making her way to the podcast, hailing from Oakland, California, by way of Texas, Oklahoma, and Mumbai, India. You've heard her on silent podcasts, post-show recaps, and on Rob as a podcast. Boomer sooner and clear the way for the Bay Area baddie who breaks down the mess and says what we all wish we would. You know her from such places as the Love and Hip Hop, Atlanta Wrap Up, the new Bridgerton podcast on post-show recaps, and both Never Have I Ever and The Amazing Race over on Silent Podcast. She's booked, busy, and brave, and we love her for it. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. Please welcome Sasha Joseph. Um, How's your day been? <laughs> <laughs> My day's been good. Um, I'm grateful to be working remote so I can really, like, create my own um you know, schedule and really like find liberation in doing my work because uh, my boss always sit, says this, like we do stuff from a place of liberation, not, you know, in like a capitalistic white supremacy habit. So what does it mean, you know, to not feel so pressured all the time and do like work out of love? So, you know, it's just it's been a great day. I, this is a new job. That's why I think I'm so excited for it. But Aww. yeah, it's we're recording at 3 p.m. Um, Pacific time. That's why, like, work is on the mind right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on thank your new you, job. Thank you. But one thing I want to ask about, because I know that we'll get into that. We'll get in more into your life and all this. Sasha, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Your, your brand is mess. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It's true. It really it's is. But you also have a very clean setup. If people aren't watching on YouTube, they should be watching because Sasha has a nice clean setup, a nice, amazing race memorabilia, oh, some other pictures and things. But like, I, I, I'm wondering, uh, is, is, are you as messy on outside the podcast as you are on the podcast? This is one thing that people want to know. This is why the people are tuning in. Maybe over the course of this hour together, or so we'll answer it. But like, are you truly mess? Yes, a hundred percent. Like, as in, you what you see in the shot is like this, like 
curated, right? Like Instagram versus reality moment where it's like, oh, look at all this. Like, you know, my wedding pictures are in the back, whatever. But um, around me are like boxes I still haven't unpacked, like a bunch of books. Uh, I lived in this house, I think, for a year and a half now. Um, and I still have books, like college textbooks that I need to unpack out of boxes. So I'm messy in life when it comes to like physical and mm -hmm. for sure, because I love knowing about people's life. Like I'm not one to, you know, be like, Hey Matt, I heard this about, you know, blank person. Like yeah. I don't like to be messy like that, but I I'm Gretchen Wieners where I need to know yeah. like your life. Like I have to know everything about you. I see. Um, it. Yeah. And I, and like, secret. I'm pretty shameless with that. Yeah. yeah. Like Chappelle, like when, Chappelle and I did never have I ever together and, and he'll tell you like I have no shame like I'll be like so so what the what are you doing with your life and you know it's just like I'll just ask and he's like okay like we just we just wrapped an hour long podcast and I was like but tell me about your life so that's the kind of like mess I like to do but yeah college me was more messy than 30 year old me but you know we evolve and we mature Thank so do you have like or do you have like a least favorite chore just while we're talking about mess uh, tours are not fun. <laughs> no, I think cleaning bathrooms are my least favorite thing Ugh. to do. Yeah, yeah, ratchet. I hate Ugh. it. Yeah, oh <laughs> gosh, what mess. I have to move on. This is, I know, like, it's just horrible. Like, thought of it. I'm like, oh, you probably could have said any chore, and I would have been like, oh, that's disgusting. Exactly. I am Ugh. grateful that I can afford to have, um, very hardworking women come and clean my house <laughs> once a month. Thank God. Because listen, it just, it, when you're living with a partner, I feel like yes. all the time, it's like constant. I don't know if anyone out there is living with someone, let me know. But like, how do you make it? You know, cause we've been together six years and we like I get on his nerves he definitely gets on my nerves and cleaning is the root cause of it all so Damn. when you can outsource and we're privileged enough to be outsourced thank thank god that we wow. can do this look at that look at that that's that's some inspiring life advice too exactly. and like relationship advice to start people off I don't think people were ready for us to go like that deep already <laughs> into the advice but I guess that's what happens when you bring up mess it just goes deep exactly. and you know this is part of what we're trying to do we're going go I'm going deep with you Sasha talking with you about life about your world um and I will say as background like before I even knew that Pod Friends was actually going to be a thing, I already knew that I wanted to interview you <laughs> specifically because you were on the Wrestling Rehap Up. And, you know, you've obviously like we're both part of the class of 2020. So, like, you've been around, we've been around places. But when I was do getting ready for the Wrestling Rehap Up, the day that I was having that we were having you on, me and Mari, I remember. You know, I was like, okay, what am I going to say about Sasha in her intro? And I was like Googling you and looking you up. And I learned so much about you beyond the podcast where I was like, oh my gosh, this is probably not going to come up in the intro, but it could come up in pod friends eventually if that's ever a podcast. Oh my God. And what so did you find? Now I'm going to. Thankfully, I have no mug shots. Yeah. Do I have paper? This, I have the receipts, no. all the receipts. Um, thankfully, it's not nothing sketchy. Oh nothing my sketchy god! Yeah, I'm not that. Listen, I'm messed, but it's like my friends like to call me a sophisticated ratchet. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, can you? Okay, let's just start there. Like, what? Um, what's like the? 
beyond like the mess part of it, um, you know, the ratchet piece of this and everything else, like wh- why, what, why, what is it about you? That's so right. Ra- Cause I, a lot of people, obviously Sasha just look at you and you're, they're like, you're just so fun size. And <laughs> you know, they're like, she's just so sweet. And those are the people who've like never met, you never, yeah. never listened to the podcast or anything like that. They're like, Oh my God. So demure. What other words could I think of? Those are some good words. A uh, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Mary, when she did her RHAP takeover, <laughs> I think like she put me in Gryffindor. So I messaged her saying like, Oh my God, I've never, like, I feel like I'm a slither and like that's the vibe. I give off and she said well it was between Gryffindor or Hufflepuff and I was like well Hufflepuff oh Ooh, not me you're just dragging yourself this is like I like so I, there what, are uh, the best what do you mean damn but Please. okay but like what I have so many questions I think we just need <laughs> anyway, to like go yes. back I think we just need to go like way back because one of the things I think is just so fascinating and you are probably like the first and only person to say, oh, I'm not interesting. Like, I don't have anything to share. But like you have had one, probably one of the most interesting dynamic backgrounds when it comes to RHAP. And like one of the things that I remember even just seeing out there in the world with you is maybe it's like a tweet where someone's like, Meet Sasha, who is like something something to the fact of like a a Jewish woman from India who like also does this, who also does that, who's like all these things. And I'm like, yeah, she needs to come on Pod Friends because uh, <laughs> I have ratings, no idea what tweet you're even talking. All ratings, I have no clue. But you know, like, what is your like? What's kind of like your life story? Uh, in other words, yeah. like going way back, like to your childhood. Um, and, and all of that, like what? Yeah. Just like talk to me. Cause there's not even a question. Cause I have so many questions. I'm a mess. <laughs> I know I have, Thank I have you. my, um, <laughs> a thing ready. I feel like I always have it, but, um, yeah, I uh-huh. was born in India in Mumbai actually, um, which is the largest city I believe in India. So, you know, your girls used to big cities. Uh, yeah. So I lived there till I was 14, um, with, uh, my parents, but then my parents got divorced. My dad actually ended up moving and still lives in New York. Uh, so it was just my mom and I, but also, um, we have a huge, huge family on both sides, like on my mom and my dad's side. So, um, there were, it was always people around. So that was kind of like my life in India. Um, I, I was listening to Mari as well. And yeah. I also ran track um, and did lots oh, of sports uh, in India where. Um, so that was like my life where I was kind of like the bully, but not like I never bullied girls. Like I only bullied boys. Ooh. So, you know, she was a feminist growing up. Yes. Um, yeah. Where <laughs> and I was. <laughs> yeah. And I would only bully the popular kids. Like you, it you were one of the popular kids. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I was popular, but yeah, I don't think like, I, like I always had friends. I'm an only child. Hmm. So I had no choice but to make <laughs> friends. If yeah. that, like, it's like you going home to nobody. So you need to make some friends. <laughs> like no one your age. Yeah. So, um, I like didn't have, yeah, I didn't have a choice but to make friends. So, um, that's like kind of my vibe. Like I was always, um, am rather a competitive person. I, 
like because I'm that kind of the only child, I like, you know, spotlight. I like being the center of attention. Like these are things I very much know about myself. Um, so I, you know, I was always part of like things like that, even in school. Um, I was lucky enough to go to a, a really probably top 10 private school. Uh, so where, you know, we, I was learning languages where arts was just as important as like STEM, um, yeah. which especially when you think of stereotypical India, right? Like those aren't things that you think about, but mm. I um, used to run track and, and I used to, you know, be in plays. Like I was my favorite lady. Yeah. Um, yeah. At a play. So <laughs> just here we are. Um, so, you know, I like, those are kind of things I've always liked to do. And then um, when I was in ninth grade, my mom finally decided it was time to move to these here United States. So, um, and what I, one of the things that I found out and I, I'm like very curious about this is that you moved apparently you did you move like a day before your freshman year in high school literally the night like i landed in broken arrow oklahoma from mumbai india like like at nine and then you know you have to go to school the next morning like i remember being so scared um but (laughs) again because i feel like i watched a lot of tv and i visit we visited america i think every two years so it wasn't like this place i'd never been to like it was I like have been to Oklahoma many times before. Um, So I was just like, yeah, like I know where I'm going, but it's still weird to go to high school because, you know, you think of all the movies. Um, So I remember and this is like, what a vain thing. But I was like, what all should I like shave? You know, like, like do it because in India, like that's not a thing. Like you don't. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like your legs, like you just. None of my friends, I don't believe, shaved. Um, And, you know, we were 15 year old, like Indian girls. Like, we got hair. Um, So I remember that that was like my first question to my cousins. I was like, so, like, do people? And then she was like, yeah, you should probably shave your hands and um, in addition to your legs. And I was like, oh my God. So I remember spending like an hour. And that was also then, at like a time too, because we're like yes. we're I'm I'm t- I turned thirty this year, like we're around mm-hmm. basically the same age, Welcome. and like that yes. was also at a time with media where like everyone was so big on like laser hair removal and like yes. women shouldn't have any hair of any sort. And the pencil and, eyebrows, oh. like that was the thing. Uh, horrible. Thankfully, I never fell for that. But I remember, yeah. yeah, my cousin like plucking my eyebrows, and then my mom was like, "What's wrong with you?" Like. <laughs> Because my mom's a cosmetologist, yeah. so she's like, I mm. will just do that. Like, why aren't you letting me do it? And I was like, no, I need to be like an American teen. Um, so I remember like silly things like that, like is what I was most stressed about because I, I knew that I would do well in school just because I was like, it's America. Like I, I knew I was smarter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which you I knew our we, schools were trash. Yeah. They tried to put me in like, you know, like, AS like English as a second language class and yeah. I was like no like what wow. <laughs> what is wrong with you I wait wait I'm so curious even just India. about that part because like they so it, like when you were growing up in India you like because uh, this is part of my question about the transition mm-hmm. that you had like there's obvious well what I would imagine what I would imagine is like okay there are adjustments when it comes to culture and yeah. like we talked about hair a little bit but like even with language and and not even like literally the English language, but just how people speak because there's mm-hmm. all the slang and like 
just the way that people speak. And you were in freaking Oklahoma? Like, yeah. what? You're, first of all, let me just put this out there that like I've never been to Oklahoma. A lot of people haven't been to Oklahoma. So the fact that you you'd been there multiple times before is jarring to hear. Yeah. But my like, my aunt lived there, my mom's sister. So that's the reason that, why we moved. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But like what was yeah, like what was that transition actually like for you? And how did people hurt like it sounds like the school, how did they perceive you when you made that shift? Because again, you got there within 24, less, probably within 12 yeah. hours of starting school, which is wild to think about. I know it really, like when I say this story, but I really f- don't remember being scared. Like I was just kind of excited because I'm um, in India, ninth and 10th grade. So you graduate high school in 10th grade, mm. then you go to like it's called junior college basically for 11th and 12th. Um, so I remember being like, yo, I just, you know, escaped boards, which are like yeah. very hard in India. Like you're, you know, like working year round to like get through, um, a lot of kids like go through ridiculous amounts of pressure and, you know, just awful, awful things. So I remember being like, thank God I don't have to do that. You know, we we made it. And that was, I think, my mom's like ace in the hole, like if because I was not really wanting to go. And she's like, well, you won't have to work as hard. So I was like, cool, we move it. We're going. (laughs) So, yeah. So I I don't know. I don't remember. I like I remember being excited. Um, The worst part. And, you know, if any educators are out there is lunch. I feel like yeah. the idea of lunch um, in lunch tables um, in American school systems are horrible um, because if you're, you know, if you don't know anyone, if yeah. you're screwed, like where, where am I going to sit? Um, so I remember being like, great. So we're going to go to the library. You know, that's where we're going to hang out for the first day. And then we'll figure it out from there. Cause we're going to get to track practice that night and I'll probably make friends there. Yeah. Uh, but I was just lucky enough that, I uh because they this counselor ended up testing me for everything and I was in all pre AP classes instead of freaking trying to hold me back a grade. So um I ended up making friends pretty quickly and I had like, you know, social strategy, right? So I was like, we need to find lunch friends. Like that (sighs) is the goal of today. So um and I ended up finding yeah, well, like, like mean I was girls, like, like the lunchroom scene. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And I'm wearing pink. Look at this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I remember like those were kind of like what I was, you know, thinking about. And I made friends so quickly. Like it was the I met the kindest people there um, that I'm, you know, still friends with a few of them. Um, I had like a huge friend group. We all ran track together. So we ended up having this um, huge friend group all four years of high school. Um, and I, and like, I obviously had an accent, like a thick accent. Um, but, and I remember they would make me like read signs uh, just so, you know, like, cause they were like, this is oh, so funny yeah. uh, to hear. Cause I would, I would say secretary, not secretary, you know, and all these things. And um, I was like pretty quick to uh, join clubs. Like I I was in there. I was like, great. How do we do this? Let's move. Let's make friends. So when I was in Oklahoma, it was fine. But I actually moved to Texas (laughs) over a year and a half um, Mm. when my mom ended up meeting my stepdad. Um, So that was harder. Um, People in San Antonio, uh, not all people. uh, But yeah, the school was 
pretty hard. I didn't really have that many friends. Um, I, I was part of a Jewish youth group, so I had friends there, but they never went to my high school. So, um, I just kept in touch with everyone in Oklahoma and I was lucky enough that for senior year, we ended up coming back, uh, to Oklahoma, but I just, yeah, I, I felt so grateful that it felt, it felt easy to be in school there. Like I didn't have any like bullying or, you know, any of like people making me feel othered for though, at least those things. Um, but like per at home, it was weird because I was living with four other teenagers because it was my aunt, um, and my cousins. So, you know, imagine four teenagers, three, well, five teenagers, four girls, one guy. Yeah. Um, the phone you know like back in the day right when you couldn't use the phone and the internet at the same time so it's like a girl's trying to open up my space but someone else is trying to (laughs) you know be uh, like on the phone with their friend um so i remember those things being much harder and my life was easier in india like we were my mom had her own business and stuff like that so but my mom worked at subway um didn't drive um in america so our life was much harder although i don't know that my mom ever made me feel that um but you know yeah. now looking back i was like oh yeah we like stayed in that like not an attic but you know like a den on yeah. a blow up mattress um for like two years until you know i we were grateful enough that my mom met my stepdad um and our life like significantly upgraded um just overall but so Looking back, it was harder, but in that moment, I never felt like, oh, my life sucks, you know? But yeah, we yeah. weren't as well to do, um, just my mom and I, right? Like she's working at Subway, yeah. uh, for two years while, you know, I'm trying to figure out high school. Yeah. And yeah. then I went to college, um, basic. And then, yeah, I moved to San Francisco, another country, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. yes, for work. And I've been a Jewish, um, a professional for the past seven years. This that? is there's so there's so much so much I know, there. Sorry, too. I like ranted. I no, like, no, no, no. It's it. beautiful because like that's what this is though. That's what it is, and yes. I think especially <laughs> when, like, especially in the context of podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The thing I think, the thing that was, um, not most difficult for me early on, but just something that was a little jarring is, you know, as members of, for me at least, as members of class of 2020, when we were introducing ourselves at first, you know, some, like Rob would graciously hand it over and say, yeah. like, Sasha, um, tell the people about you. And then you would probably, like, you wouldn't give, you wouldn't say any of what you just said. It would basically be like, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sasha. I've been listening to RHAP for X number of years. And, I I love uh, I like if you're on the Big Brother podcast. I love Big Brother. I've been watching a long time, and then that's it. And so we miss out on like so many of these details mm-hmm. that I almost feel like with everyone I've interviewed, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm just so glad that someone's asking me <laughs> these questions about my life." But I'm like, I I want to even go back more in your life because well, one thing I'm I'm curious about, you mentioned your mom had a business in India. What was her business? She was a cosmetologist. Oh, that's, um, she or was is. doing that while yeah, in India. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she started it actually the year before I was or the year I was born. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, she's she was she'd had it for 15 years before we moved. Actually she still has it in India. Um yeah. it's still going. She just has someone uh-huh. manage it for her. Uh so yeah, it's like, that's why, again, I've seen, you know, my just a strong woman in my life, um, which probably shaped me to be so strong where I was like, yeah, I don't think I need anyone. Like, it's just been my mom and I for so long um, that it never, you know, anything else like didn't really matter. And that's why I think that that's where maybe that resilience comes from. Yeah. And the, like the the other piece of all of this that I think is so interesting is that you were just like, you're the player who enters the big brother house on day one. You're the Tiffany. It sounds like I it sounded you. like when you were navigating everything. Um, and one thing I'm, I just, I don't even know how to transition into it, but like you were on reality TV growing up. Apparently. Tell, what, what are you talking, how do people not know that we cover reality shows, Sasha? This is like the most important information. Yeah, I think on- I shared that in my interview. Um, <laughs> I hope so, yes, rather than like sweeping I know, it under the rug. Because Rob was like, can you share like your connection to reality TV? I was like, well, I was on it. Um, but but one was um, uh, like a dance show. So in India, like Bollywood dancing, right? What a... Um, I, I, I tried to do classical dance and the yeah. lady like told my mom this is not it like she is not centered <laughs> like there's too much energy basically <laughs> is what that auntie said it's fine lady whatever screw you I'm, I'm i feel hurt by that yeah my mom is like classically trained so that's yeah. why my mom was like oh it's important you know like sasha wow. you should do it it helps like with discipline and you know all this stuff and i was like sports um so i ended <laughs> yeah. up uh yeah being part of a few dance troops uh in india so um when i was doing that we were on one like dance reality show called Boogie Woogie is what it was called. 
I still remember it was the Christmas special and I was like, but I'm Jewish. Uh, and everyone was like, what's Jewish? <laughs> Imagine in India trying to explain to people. Oh my like, gosh. I'm not Christian. They were like, but you know, if you're not Hindu, Muslim, or you know, any of the 18 other, like you must be Christian. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, um, this is, wait, so you were on, that was one reality yeah, show you were on. Yeah, so it was like a dance show. I think I was on it twice. I honestly can't even remember. I think twice with two oh, different dance troops. Look at that flex right there. I, 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 I think like, I was on it, but like also I've kind of like blowed up a lot since then, so I don't even 100%, remember. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a better dancer. I'm definitely one of, was a better dancer then, but still. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I was on a show called MTV Select, so I was on MTV <laughs> I think in the sixth grade, I believe we skipped school. Um, I like was calling my mom actually right before this podcast. And I was like, yo, how did this happen? Like, how did you let me go? (laughs) Because my mom wasn't part of it. Um, Yeah. So I just remember that it was some, listen, you're living in Mumbai. That's like living in LA, right? Like Bollywood is all around. So um, I just remember some girl was like, hey, my mom has this connection. They want some like, kids on the show do you want to come like that's all I remember this was in the sixth grade so I don't know like all the details but somehow we showed up and I still remember we auditioned me and um this girl that was actually my rival in sports uh, but we had to be best friends because it was the best friend special <laughs> and we did it um day one we got to like the main show uh and then the next day next day I remember telling my mom I just my mom and I cannot remember how like I ended up there the first day. But the second day, I remember like getting permission, doing all of that. And uh, we were like on the show with, with the guy. Uh, it was called MTV Select. And we I think we won that episode. Like Wait, it was like what? a what friendship day like special. And you had to do like a bunch of tasks <laughs> to like win. <laughs> like Among Us, but real life where you did you have to like get rid of your rival or like what was no you like you and your friend yeah. had to work together against another friend pair yeah and like it was like you know silly like mtv games in like the 90s right or 2000s where it was like on a set and you probably had to like do i don't even know what we had to do but i just remember meeting the host who was famous and i was like this is so cool <laughs> Do you think that there's like footage of this that exists? I wish somewhere? I could find it. I've tried so hard to look for it. Um, unfortunately, um, in the move, uh, we I all my my mom is very passionate about taking pictures. Um, yeah. but all of our albums got ruined um with mm. blood damage. So um it might have been somewhere in there, but she's gone. Who knows? Uh. So I did ask the girl that I was with, I actually messaged her on Instagram, being like, Do you remember how the hell did we get on this show? Um, but we did. We could not remember. Are you okay? Good. You're not like I. I thought that was gonna end, and she never messaged back because she no, hates no. me more than ever. No, um, we we're like still friends. When I go to good. India, um, we'd still yeah. meet up. Um, I have a oh. few friends still in Mumbai that I talk to. Yeah. Wait, that is that's so amazing to all hear about. There's like <laughs> so much already. Um, and I'm just glad that I could like skip around to all yes, these different things because totally. something else that you just mentioned. <laughs> I love that you were on um, not only MTV Select, but also Boogie Woogie is the other <laughs> name of the show. Like, that's such a great name for a reality, dancing reality show. Yeah, and exactly. I feel I'm, it's so sad that that didn't become like the next American Idol, like globally and all of that. But yeah, it was huge in India. Like it was like you would like sit on whatever day it came out to watch that. 
like all the dance troops. I bet people, there are some people who are listening and watching who recognize you from that. Like now that no you mentioned way. it, they There's were no like, I was like your kid. fans are passionate and they're probably here now. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying if, if, if like somehow someone saw this, I wouldn't even be surprised just because like, I mean, famous. I'm sure they know what Boogie Woogie is. Like that's for sure. And if anyone knows yeah. MTV, so like with Nicole Chinapa, let me know. There we go. There we go. But I, you mentioned something, which was that with Boogie Woogie, you did the Christmas special and you were like, oh, my gosh, I'm Jewish. And people were like, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? So I something that I'm so curious about with your background, because like I know that a lot for a lot of people, especially in the U.S., especially because like I not only grew up like a with like a lot of Jewish people around, but also went to college, like with a lot, a lot of Jewish people too. Like the idea of an Indian Jew is like, so, (laughs) Oh my God, no pun intended, but like, so foreign to people. And I didn't even realize that it, you know, I know that there's a history of like Judaism in India. Um, And also, I also just mentioned this, like we don't, because this is not going to become the history podcast. No, but like, please. I'll say like something that I'm so thankful for is that my mom, uh, long, beautiful story, but my mom actually taught like Jew, um, Jewish studies at wow. in a university for a long time just because she was like so fascinated by the culture. So I'm sure she, she knows all this, but I don't because yes. I'm not her. <laughs> so like what, what, how, like how did that happen that you were like, and in that you were Jewish and in India and like, I, I guess I've questioned just because it sounds like there weren't a lot of people around you who also were Jewish. Going yeah. Through. It's a like India has a population of what, a billion plus people. Um, yeah. And I believe in Mumbai, um, there are technically two sects of Jews, like ones from Baghdad and then one, um, which is what I'm part of called the Bene Israeli Jews. And we allegedly are like a lost tribe because we mm. um, we've been in India, you know, because it's Judaism in general is an oral tradition, but definitely for Jews of India, it's an oral tradition where uh, we're not entirely sure. Like there was some shipwreck either from Spain, you know, something like that. I wonder if I if my grandma did a 23 and me like if we're able to find out, but probably yeah. not because we've been in India. I think since like 16th century, like some are ridiculous. Like we're an old community. Like it's yeah. not this like new thing that um, came up, but yeah. So Indian, like the Jews have been in India for a long, long time. And um, mm-hmm. actually one of the only places in the world that anti-Semitism wasn't, um, you know, as prevalent um, just because maybe people yeah. didn't know us or um, everyone looks the same, right? It's a pretty homogenous uh, country. Yeah. Uh, and at least looks wise, like you can tell if someone's from the South or North of India, like mm-hmm. just unfortunately because of the color and because we were colonized, there's a lot of colorism and stuff like that. Um, And I mean, like the amount of languages in India, it's like off the charts. But, you know, everyone technically, right, like looks the same um, and or has is like on a spectrum of brown. Right. So, uh, yeah. So that's something like really interesting as well about Indian Jews. So they're 
Benny Israeli Jews, where I'm from, I think there were like 5,000 of us. Um, so not that many. Um, mm-hmm. but we were a pretty close community, uh, when I was, and even now, but especially when I was in India, um, I keep kosher even now, which if anyone knows like what halal is, it's kind of the same. Um, idea, but my grandpa cut the kosher meat for the synagogue and the synagogue was like five minutes away from where we lived. So, um, being Jewish, I felt like was more accessible when I lived in India, um, versus when actually, obviously, I'm in Oklahoma. Um, and in the yeah. Bay Area, it is easier, right? They just higher population, um, and more Jews of color, um, yeah. as well. But, um, so yeah, so in India, we're just, we have this community that, you know, is like, frozen in time where it's pretty traditional in some sense um and has like a lot of unique indian uh rituals like woven into like our uh rituals as well like we take our shoes off before we go into synagogue which i think is very much a indian jewish thing um because hindus like do that before they go into temple Mm -hmm. so i think there's a lot of assimilated beautiful practices but um yeah it's just like this this like community that like that's been there for i don't know how long just a long long time yeah this is so it's so interesting though to like you know even hear about your experiences with this and i feel like my mind is like slowly like growing like i actually feel it expanding as we talk uh, about this. you're so kind <laughs> it's no it's real and i and that's the cool thing like the ability to dive into these things and also just like the nuances of it because for me when i hear oklahoma i'm like mm, 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 i don't want to go i'm not gonna <laughs> go you're not gonna find me there nowadays especially i'm like texas Ooh, mm, eh, no i don't know not gonna Give me some time. (laughs) Post pandemic, especially. Um, But you know, like it's it's cool to kind of hear the positivity in those experiences too, because sometimes, like with any identity, right? I think sometimes we boil it down. We have a great habit of either like ignoring the identity and not learning about it, which is definitely something I realize happens a lot with Jews in the U S mm-hmm. um, or we like boil it down to trauma and it's like, you're a victim and everything sucks. And like, I pity you and I feel bad for you. And so like one thing I'm curious about even um, before kind of continuing more into your story and college and everything else is like, what, like, what were some of those beautiful moments of of like being this like and again the tweet that i remember seeing was like sasha's a a like a jew i don't know how they phrase it but it's like a jewish indian who lived in oklahoma and now lives in the bay area i think you're yes i know exactly what you're talking about yes it was an article about me um because yes because i had just okay i had just moved to san francisco um and they were like a jew of color oh my god (laughs) we've got to yeah they were like we gotta do um yeah yeah, so it was a jewish newspaper yes the j weekly in um oh my god in san francisco yes it was like a very kind article um i just you know wish they talked a little bit about like my professional life too not just my identity but you know like we we love we love it (laughs) yeah anyway but yeah oh yeah yeah i think it's like from mumbai by the way of oklahoma (laughs) 
Oh yeah, but oh, that's uh, probably something like that. I like literally it was really funny. saw yes. it before this and was like, oh okay, that's a way to some to uh, to really yeah uh, six years ago because it was just when I had moved um, to San Francisco. Uh, but yeah, I um, you know being Jewish is just like been part of my identity for as long as I can remember. Like Shabbat um, or the yeah. Sabbath is like my favorite thing ever um you know and for many reasons i think it's just who doesn't like you know a break right off for the weekend and judaism yeah. like literally commands you to be like you got a break on friday night until saturday night you know mm-hmm. and it's just there's like these built-in rituals i think that i'm most fascinated by and um that uh that i'm like yeah this is why i feel like i'm jewish not because necessarily like oh I love Torah, even though I do. I'm a nerd like that. Um, but, you know, it's more that, like, I'm just so fascinated by how, like, the rituals just kind of hold me together sometimes. I think, especially with uh, these past two years, right, I have yeah. found a lot of um, just connection in ritual. Um, and, like, ritual could be, you know, reading a book, right? Like, it doesn't need to be religious ritual. Just for me personally, Shabbat or the Sabbath is like what I find a lot of like exhaling, you know, in yeah. um and yeah, so that's why it's just Judaism has always been mm-hmm. that for me. Um yeah. and being a person of color, right? And yeah, especially yeah. in Oklahoma, where a lot of they don't look like me and my family. Yeah. So, you know, when you show up to synagogue and folks are just kind of like, what? are you lost? Um, and uh, I remember, yeah. yeah, being opting out of Jewish spaces because I was asked if I was adopted or if I was yeah. half Jewish. And it's like, which half? Um, and, you know, or being like, oh, you know, like being asked to perform, right, for white people, mm-hmm. um, especially in those spaces. So it's like, if anyone out there is listening, like, stop asking people, where are you really from? Like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, but and, and I'm happy, like, in this moment to share because it's like that, you know, that's why I'm on this podcast. But, you know, when I'm like at services, like, I don't want to like share about my family necessarily. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's like, it's this like push and pull um, of like, no, I belong here, but also like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to do it at home moment. Um, but that's why I feel like I'm in Jewish life now because, um, I don't know that there's a lot of representation for people of color, uh, women of color, you know, in, especially in like executive leadership spaces. So mm-hmm. that's something like it was very important to me, um, about Judaism where I was like, well, I love Judaism and I know that it's great. And in India, it felt so accessible. So like, what can I do, you know, to bring that here? Um, and that's what I'm excited that I get to do. Uh, and I get to like push people because I, I don't have, I have no shame when it comes to like marking my space and taking up space. Oh, we love that. And, that's, and it, I think it's it's so interesting, like the role of I always think the role of identity is fascinating because for me in my work a lot and I mean life, but in my work, I think about it so much. And I know that it's something that applies a lot to your work, too. Um, and and so I I guess something I wonder in thinking about identity is like, what is it that because we'll come back to I we will obviously come back to it. We'll like talk more about that. But I I'm almost curious, like, what is it when people kind of just see you as your identity without like all of the other amazing things that you are? Like, what is it that they're missing about you? And um, like, what is it typically that they 
distill you down to inaccurately. Yeah, I think the biggest one, right, has to be like, are you, you know, supposed to be here? Like, that's the biggest thing. I think um, this might be true for a lot of women that are younger, but maybe in like mid-level management positions, like at one of my older jobs, um, I remember being in a room where I was like, it was um, a fundraising in- intensive um, because, you know, I was like uh, the top in my region, um, like I as in I was the director. So yeah. I needed to be there. Um, and I remember like folks that are, you know, um, and not to like be annoying in that way, but folks that are like less, I don't know, not lesser than me, but like yeah, right. whatever. Like lower, lower. Yes, thank you. yes like rank the, or whatever. Like not that I'm in the military, whatever but, you call that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, sometimes yeah, exactly. you have to pull rank, and that's just the truth. Um, right. But I remember someone being like, "Oh, the new professionals is over there," and I was like, no, "But I'm almost thirty. Like what?" Um, and and I think especially for shorter women, um, like I'm five one, um, and I think I sound also pretty young. That um, it's harder for us to like take up that space. Uh, so it was, so it wasn't easy, you know, when I was first starting out. Um, and I was grateful that I had a lot of mentors um, and allies that were able to create spaces for me. But um, but yeah, I think when my identity, it's like. Um, when folks see me, I think it's the, the outer is so interesting that folks are like wanting to know more. But, you know, now, right, you might not know that I'm I like podcasts about reality TV. Like, you right. know, who like how I don't want to share that necessarily the first thing, but that's something you might not know about me or yeah, that like I'm, you know, good at X, Y and Z, whatever that may be for the in that moment that I would rather be talking about instead of maybe like being an Indian Jew, which it's who I am and I will always talk about it, but I don't want that to be the only, you know, like I'm not, a, no human is one dimensional. Exactly. So how do you like accept all of, you know, people of color? Because I think we get so ex- exoticized for a lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. And it's, it's a struggle. I think this is something, maybe it's not that much of a struggle. I think I just like overthink it because I also Uh, could totally relate to what you're saying and have been in that situation also as someone who like looks younger than they are and like um thankfully i'm like more than six feet so like i don't get that (laughs) but like they're like oh it's just like a tall baby who walked into Mm -hmm. the room like oh look at him oh my god and so i yeah i i think it's it's interesting to kind of talk about this balance between how our identities actually inform who we are and how we show up because like a lot of people, especially people who don't have underrepresented identities, like don't even think about how like because those are a lot, a lot of ways our identities can mm-hmm. be our superpowers and they're what make us yeah. unique in spaces. Um, and and so I always like I always struggle with that balance because I'm like, am I asking too much about this one identity or am I just like digging deep on the thing that people, especially I'll say especially white people, but like, mm-hmm. again, people from, you know, not from marginalized groups don't dig into and like they don't know how to ask these questions typically. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello. all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. 
wow, this is deep. Like, what is the, what's the, I don't know if you've talked about this yet, but like, what's the work that you're doing now? Yeah, I, um, I'm currently a project coordinator for, um, Jewish women's, a Jewish women of color resilience circle. So Mm -hmm. it's basically a cohort, um, for amazing women. You don't have to be Jewish. That's just what I think it was founded on. Um, and now this year, actually, we're going to be centering black women and, um, and again, not Jewish, just black women in general. Um, and really, you know, anti blackness in our communities, um, which I know I'm sure like, I want to make a note that if, you know, you aren't like a part of a minority group um, and you're listening to this podcast, you know, it's just it's not necessarily to pile on. Uh, it's just, yeah. you know, like because it might feel that way sometimes. And, and I understand that. Uh, but I think it's more that like the richness just finally is getting talked about uh on here you know so i also want to make that note um but but yeah that's the work i'm doing where i'll be launching a cohort to you know center um badass black women um and women of color uh and do a lot of like transformation like we'll um so i'm currently planning retreats and finding places like finding private chefs and uh finding like abundance you know because that's something i think um women of color right just maybe when we're you know are not always right accustomed to like i i'm mm-hmm. we're not all poor i'm just i just mean it doesn't always happen mm-hmm. so how do we you know as like transfer transforming like social justice but we first need to nourish ourselves so that's currently the work i'm doing is like figuring all that out yeah and and maybe just to add like another dimension to what you even explained like i could beyond everything that you said so brilliantly this does not well i don't need to say it but i think some people need to hear it is just like the it it, there's also this thing where sometimes at least like me speaking like for me and my identities like Mm -hmm. where you don't feel like you belong or you don't feel like it's you're welcome or like you don't think that x thing is for this type of person like we've heard the obviously it's total bs but like we've heard the phrase like oh that's not a thing that women do oh that's not Mm -hmm. a thing that like this type of person does that indian people do that black people do that like queer people do whatever it might be so i think it's really cool that you're creating those spaces where it really becomes like not only safe but encouraged to take that space that um take that space for yourself when so often like it's it's i hear it so often but it's just like black women are carrying so much weight of so many people. And then you also have to think about like black trans women. We think Mm -hmm. about black queer women, like all of these other intersecting identities. Right. And so, damn, I'm glad that you're in the world doing the work that you're (laughs) doing. Like what, I mean, maybe this is, maybe this is something you've touched on and it's obvious, but like what motivates you to kind of show up in the world in that way? Because Again, so many people know you as like hashtag messy queen, uh, (laughs) Sasha Joseph all over the place. But like what motivates you to spend your energy in the way that the ways that you're doing, um, as you mentioned? Yeah, I think 
I think about this a lot too. So I um, ended up quitting my job uh, in July, like an old job. And uh, I remember getting up, I think I was under a nap, like right after it. And then I remember like telling Rob, oh yeah, I'm currently unemployed. And Rob was like, you'll find a job so quickly. Like this is a great time. Um, (laughs) So it's so funny because I was unemployed from July to November actually, um, because I had to take a hard look at myself. Um, and these past two years, I, I weirdly had a few, like two jobs, um, in these past three, four years, whatever the math mm-hmm. is. Um, yes. but I finally decided that, you know, I have to be in systems that serve me, not the other way around. Um, and this is true for anyone out there, right? Like I don't just yeah. mean for people of color. I just mean like these and the uh, because of COVID, um, I think in these past two years, um, I have definitely felt the calling, you know, of like doing purposeful work for my people um, and for, you know, and I've been thinking a lot about women of color and Jewish women of color. And, you know, if I'm going to be working overtime, I'm going to, you know, overtime, quote unquote, and I'm going to be, you know, working weekends like I want to be in per in service of my people like that was my biggest thing so um i realized that my job at that moment was beautiful and fulfilling a lot of ways but not what i wanted to be doing for um you know my future uh, Mm because i was volunteering a lot with um like with uh women of color voting and you know all of these kinds of things um before this job so i was like oh this is what brings me you know joy and um i i sit on a few boards and racial justice task force so i was like oh this is like you know like marie kondo right like does this spark joy um but that's what i had to do a hard look at myself and say okay i think that's what i want to do so this sounds wild. I don't even think I've told Rob this, but I quit my job. Um, and then the next day, Rob offered me, um, Robin Scott offered me love and hip hop. Uh, so I was like, is this like kismet? You know, like what? Um, and oh not gosh, even that yeah. it was for like, it's not like I can make a living off of love and hip hop, but it was more right. that I think the universe was like, Oh, like you'll be fine eventually. Like we will figure something out. And. I want to note my privilege in it, right? Like my husband could support me um, financially in that moment, uh, living in the damn Bay Area. So um, it's something that we were able to do uh, financially also. But, you know, I just want to say to people, like, don't be in systems that don't support you. Like professionally, personally, like work ain't going to love you back. There's no way, you know, and um and what does that mean for you? You know, so that's like how I ended up like in this current space, because I just knew that I wanted to be like serving a purpose. And my um, boss is just so just perfect, honestly. But um, um, she introduced me to a mentor and she she talked about my podcast um, and yeah. she was like, Sasha's doing such great work in the world. And she was like, here's her love and hip hop podcast. Here's her never have I ever podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, here's her live feed update. Here's her. Um, So, you know, but it's like, how grateful am I that I am in a space that's able to like, you know, like fulfill me completely and that's able to see all of me. And that was what was important Mm. to me. So I was like turning down job like job applications left and right because I was like no I want to be making a certain amount of money it's time I have a freaking master's degree like I've supervised five people at once like you know I have all of this so like it's time 
how do I make this happen? Um, so yeah, so that's how it was just, it was wild, but it was really important for me to do that, um, for myself because, uh, I don't know that I could, you know, tell someone else, like, give someone else advice or mentor someone when I yeah. am not, you know, happy myself. So yeah, that's how I ended up here in this work. Wow. <laughs> and the thing I love about this is that, I mean, obviously this is not live, it's recorded. So like, mm-hmm. it'll be a while. This will have to come out for us to yeah. hear the feedback from people. But I already know that like that story of making this bold leap of like quitting your job and really following how you feel and following how you want to be treated and how you deserve to be treated is something that will like resonate with a lot of people just because I know that that's one of the themes that I've heard feedback from, from different people, like people who don't know what path they want to be on people Mm -hmm. who feel unhappy with where they are. And it's really easy to say like, Oh, just do what you love. Like do the thing that you love, like figure out how to do that. But it's also a lot harder for people to sometimes get there. And, you know, one thing I'll just say too quickly without like going into my, my whole story with this. Cause like, I know this what's is your not, this is coming but, out. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I know. Right. Um, but I'll mention like, I actually, I switched jobs in the middle of the pandemic and like, you know, class of 2020 that's like june july Mm -hmm. bb22 was there and i'd been at like my job for like four and a half years at that point and it was a really cool job and like the main thing i did which i actually mentioned on rhap a few times because like there was a little bit of overlap while i was still in that job was that i was working with nasa on like this program and i rocket science i was not no i'm not (laughs) no it was like a community management like storytelling type of like program so So, soft and it was about people and i got to like Mm -hmm. really meet like a really diverse range of people and share their stories but like the thing for me that was um where i relate to you is George Floyd. I feel like so many episodes of this right? podcast, I mentioned George Floyd oh because like the timing of it. Yeah. Yes. And, but also like the timing of it and class of 2020 is like not even coincidental. It's like very much interlinked. And, and I think it comes up that he comes up and, and that horrible story comes up. But like with that, you know, um, that kind of stuff, a chain of events, which included me leaving my job because, you know, I remember really advocating for I've never talked about this anywhere, but like advocating for NASA to be like Black Lives Matter and Mm -hmm. to share that they stand for those things. And like, spoiler alert for people who love NASA, they don't, they didn't do Mm -hmm. that. They wouldn't do that. And so I said, like, I can't be in a place that won't protect me and my identities and like support me. And like, thankfully, my current job also came up at that time. Right. And so, you know, that's like a piece of privilege of like, ooh, an opportunity came up where I was able to shift when I like, and needed it spiritually, emotionally, all of it. But like, I'm kind of curious from you, like what were some of the, I'm not even like curious to know like the hesitations as much because I think a lot of people could understand the hesitations with like quitting your job, but like what were some of the positive things that you were like reaching toward in doing that? Um, Because again, most people don't think that they can do that. Thankfully, a lot more people realize that they can quit their jobs. Period. Great resignation, baby. Exactly. (laughs) And like, what's the, what was like the, what were you 
or maybe it's not even a question like what you were reaching toward because I am curious like how you wanted to be treated in that way. It's always cool to hear that. But like, um, is there advice you would have for people who are struggling with this idea of like, I'm unhappy, but I also feel stuck? Yeah, I think first is you really have to have a board of directors is how I like to call it, right? Like mm. every organization has a board, not every, sorry, but a lot, good amount of organizations have a board of directors. Right. Who are your personal board of directors, right? Like who Ooh, is your that. chair and your co-chair, right? That can really, like for me, I think it's my mom and my husband, of course, mm. um, who are, you know, going to keep it real. Uh, like my mom will drag if I need to be dragged, but also, you know, we'll be like, you'll, you'll be fine. Just do what you need to do. Um, but you uh -huh. know, like who are your board of directors that like one will hype you up? You know, like I think each person needs to serve a different purpose, much like a board. Um, mm. and you know, that's my number one thing is like you have to have a support system and I, and I don't mean a partner because I think like if one person is your everything, you in trouble, baby. Right. Um, yeah. No. Your partner is not your therapist is like a, a very important thing for people to learn exactly. and remember. Yeah. Yeah. And then I um, did a lot of networking, which I hate to do. Like it, you would just follow me on LinkedIn today. Like I have like yep. I think 200 something connections. So like I because I've always 201, had a baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've always had a job before I left my other job. Yeah. So I've never needed to do any of this um, stuff before. So, you know, I was like, how the hell am I going to network um, without, you know, pissing people off or without like, you know, really talking bad about my job but like yeah. sharing the realities of what me as a person of color um you know being the only in a lot of these um, right. spaces are expecting so i really really was able to network with a lot of amazing like i had a list in mind like i want to meet someone that qu just quit a job and got a new one i want to meet someone you know talk to someone that um you know is like super optimistic about life because like mm -hmm. i wasn't feeling that right and then and then i was like and i need to meet like a badass jewish woman of color because that's what i want to be so how do i get you know get there and so i like had almost like a list of things I needed to do um, and type of job. And I decided that I need to be paid <laughs> a certain amount. Yeah. That was another thing um, that was very important to me. But I don't like for you, right? Everyone has an like a non-negotiable for me. It was uh, money um, mm -hmm. and take a hard look at what you've been doing. What do you hate about it? Don't yeah. apply for another job if it's going to be the same. Because I remember when folks were like, oh, do you not know what you want? And I was like, no, I absolutely know what I want. I was like, I don't want to be like, quote unquote, customer facing anymore. I'm tired mm -hmm. of being on the ground. Like I've done that since I was 25. Yeah. Um, and it's mentally exhausting um, to build relationships. Like I was an engagement associate like that was literally my job um was to build connections with college students yeah. so i was like girl it's i've been i done i don't want to anymore right so what are your yeah. like non-negotiables and i think then i started looking at jobs and being okay with like a little bit of uncertainty it doesn't mean you should you know do what's best for you professionally like financially um and you know if you can afford um a coach that's another mm. thing that really helped me. I am grateful that I was just happened to be uh, in a professional development cohort that uh, yeah. that gives me a free coach. So um, I was able to reach for them. But, you know, again, like figure out what is it that you are not happy about first and then like almost write, you know, like I literally had a document of like my dream job and mm -hmm. I would pick um random 
like job descriptions and like like copy paste in there right. like i like this paragraph from this job this paragraph from this job mm-hmm. um and then do that um i think i only interviewed one and i definitely didn't get that job yeah. um, but th- that person i don't think knew who i was or like right. what i was about so i'm grateful it's fine because i'm in much better space but this job i like in this was my second interview only. So I was very picky and I know everyone thought I was crazy because I applied to a lot of tech jobs because I was like, yeah. let's try tech. We're in the Bay Area. Um, but I knew my heart wasn't in it. I was like, right. yeah. <laughs> like I, I hope I don't get that Ugh. job. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's my like advice, I guess. And I think it's, it's great advice because you're saying that it's important to do two things. One of them is to like, as you said very clearly, like, to look at the, the ways that you don't want to be treated, the mm-hmm. things that you don't want in a job. But the other that you pointed to, even with job descriptions and lines you liked, is how do I want to be treated? Yeah. And it's a habit that I'm like just learning because now um, I, I feel like, well, I'll say like now I have a, the privilege through my job to have like professional development where I have a coach who will ask like, how do you want to feel? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't want to feel, and then I catch myself. I'm like, oh, I have spent so much time, like a lot of people think about what I don't want, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of what you do. And, you know, some people believe in like the law of attraction, like you kind of attract the things you yeah. spend time thinking about. And so it's, I think it's really important to do that. But something else I would say to add to what you were saying is that some people might listen and say, well, I don't have professional development through my job mm-hmm. and I don't have anyone who supports me in my job or like maybe they don't have some of the resources or privileges that you pointed to. But the cool thing is, especially with the Internet, like you could reach out to people and informally yes. build connections and like you could have a podcast like this where you just like interview people about their lives and like yeah. talk with them and get their advice and their wisdom. So there's always a way to do it if you want it badly enough which I think is like kind of the thing and like jobs that's that's complicated and difficult mm-hmm. but I'm I'm glad that you could kind of explain some of the thought process there with how you've approached things um but you know there's like I feel like there's there are a million things I could ask you about <laughs> Sasha um I'm gonna ask you this question which is a mm-hmm. horrible question but you're I already know you've got this so if I was if you were me and mm-hmm. I was you. What would you ask yourself right now? I'm, oh my god! Uh, I wonder. This occurred uh, to me like in the shower this morning, and I was like, <laughs> hmm, "Let me try this one out." Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, a little bit maybe about the class of 2020 journey. <laughs> Is that like a fun thing to talk about? Do people care? I don't I, know. I think people care. I think people care, and I do think it ties in a little bit with what you're saying. Yeah, about um. Well, how you want to be treated, but also you've mentioned it like your boss being aware of the class of 2020 or of of the podcasts and something else that's on my mind that maybe ties in a little bit with your podcasting journey is like you did a podcast last year. I know that was focused on Asian representation, which like, you know, in I have to thank you for because I think about I have to say, like, as much as I think about like black representation and being a black person like to see that podcast in my feed was what actually gave me permission to do black voices of RHAP because I was like oh this is a thing we could talk about now Mm -hmm. and do and create but like yeah like what was it like for you 
Oh, wait, you know what? I, I actually, I'm so, I'm, I'm like geeking out a little bit because I love to hear like what people's, um, I don't know if I, what we called it, like audition or interview. Oh my God, same. Experience. I love so like, to what hear was it. your, what was your interview experience? Who was there? What did you talk about? Um, just to, let's just start there because we're going to go into I, that. Oh my God. Okay. Do you remember? So, <laughs> yes, I very like this is where I was sitting for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, um, yeah, I applied. uh, So my friend, Jason Ort, who is um, an RHAP patron and who um, like introduced me to the world of RHAP back, I don't know, in when I was in college, 2011, maybe 2010. I don't know. Um, Yeah. was like, oh, you listen to the amazing, you like the amazing race. You should listen. So that was my way into RHAP. I only listened to amazing race coverage for a long time. Um, And I could be wrong on the year. So don't come for me anyway. So uh, yeah, so that was like my in, but I never, um, but I never followed anyone because I was like, all these people like post spoilers and like, I want to watch my show. So I'm not going to um, follow anyone. So yeah. I didn't know about this class of 2020 thing happening um, because I think, again, I was very like, I listened to Ali and Brian on the challenge podcast, like, and, you know, and then the big brother stuff. Yeah. Right. But, but then my friend Jason shared, you know, like, you should do this. Um, and I was like, what do I have to share? You know, um, like who, like I'm, just like a random and uh he you know he was like but like did you forget your story and i was like oh okay yeah i guess that's cool um so i remember that it was june 26th uh which i think was the last day of auditions uh which is also my birthday so i was like girl you gotta send it in um oh you mean when the um, when when the the tape was due due? what time do you know what time you submitted it because i as i mentioned yeah it was (laughs) that's why i was laughing that's i was like no it was june 26th it was my birthday yeah i have that habit sometimes it was like a very much should i do it would i what like what do i have to share with them would they want me and then i just did it which is obviously uh we're here now yeah look at us (laughs) you you decided to actually actually do it yeah. and you applied mm-hmm. and then you had your little interview you your interview so what show did you talk about and like so were they there told a million me, people there so they told <laughs> me i needed to prep my own show yeah so everyone else is always talking about like oh here's the show i wanted to talk about right like big brother or whatever yeah, or um, yeah. Uh, yeah i was asked like present like unless i read it wrong sorry sam um <laughs> but it was like i think sam said like the email said like present uh, like prepare a show for us to talk about so obviously love and hip-hop was my show so i was like oh this is the most one i'm most passionate about let me talk about it right i open the the zoom and then I did not think Rob would be on the Zoom. Okay, Same. I want to say that. Because I was like, oh, I think that would be round two or three or final round of interviews, right. right? I'm like, I'm assuming, nope. It was Rob. It was Jessica Lee's. It was Mike Bloom and Josh Wiggler were on my screen. And I was like, are you, what? How dare this happen to me? So I'm stressed. I was like, this is flop. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do. Um, I did not end up talking about anything except, um, my background. Um, uh, wow. Mike Bloom kept asking me questions, um, about like, Oh, like, is that your wedding picture? Like, what is this? What's that? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I never, and you know, it was 10 minutes. And I remember all Rob asked me was, what's your connection to reality TV? And like, what shows do you watch? 
thank God I said 90 day fiance. Right. Um, yeah, because Puya <laughs> said that's what he heard. Um, and that's why he ended up asking me to be on. But yeah, I didn't talk about any reality TV. I always talked about myself. So I was like, I always do this. I only talk about myself and I never get like the conversation that I need across. This is so bad. Um, so I assumed they would never call me back because I was like, this is ratchet. Like, what did I just do? Um, yeah. And then uh, I was one of the later ones where uh, where everyone else right got um, asked to do Big Brother, I think. Uh, but again, because I didn't talk about the shows I like yeah. uh, that much, I, I think they were just maybe nice enough to let me on. Um, but I was, yeah, and that's how I randomly got a call. Um, yeah. I remember asking Sam, like, so when I go on the podcast, am I part of the class of 2020? Like, I don't, wait. <laughs> Wait, when was your first podcast? So my first podcast was the original Slop um, with Jenny Autumn. So I did like a little um, game with Rob and Jenny and Ryan. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan, Pop- Ryan, Ryan Popola. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. He's so, a wrestling guy. So I'm a big yes. fan of Ryan <laughs> Exactly. That's why I wanted to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's how, yeah, it was like a little segment um, that Sam, I think, had asked us, right, like to come up with the, the cast um, bio yeah. game. So that was my first ever podcast. And I remember like messing up a little, but I was like, I think Rob laughed with me. I think Jenny laughed with me. I think I'm good. <laughs> um, and then that's how I kept getting called back for podcasts only. And I think I only did podcasts with Rob for a yeah. good amount of time. Like I was only on the live show with Oh my Rob. gosh. Yeah. It's... And then Puya asked me to be on 90 Day Fiance. I think that was my first like real guest podcast. Um, yeah. And I didn't and, even watch yeah. 90 Day. And I, I still don't really mm-hmm. watch 90 Day Fiance. But I remember listening around that time too. And specifically, I still remember hearing you on because I remember oh you talking God. like... Actually, Puya also has done this a lot with 90 Day Fiance, mm-hmm. but just giving the perspective as someone yes. who's like not from the US and and like all these other dynamics within that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you look, you you made it. You glue you glue <laughs> up, you glowed up. Uh, glowed up. Like I like that. glowed up better. You it's glowed up. Correct, you glo- but don't you glowed up. You glowed yes. up and it was it, it was amazing. I will just mention to you as we're here, like I I had everyone that you mentioned on my interview. I also had like five other people there. So what the hell? I don't want to. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. I don't oh know. It was God. great. There's a recording of it. That's the thing. All of them were recorded. I somewhere. hope they never ever. Oh, I hope they them. do. No, if absolutely Sam Moore not. And Scott St. Pierre and Rob Sesternino are listening. Release the tapes. Release do the tapes. Do not really? release like the a super cut like of the best of of those. Let me moments. not ever make it. I'll, I do remember Mike Bloom like asking me about representation and like yeah. um stuff like that. So I think that's the only like serious conversation I think I had. But they were probably like, oh, she can switch pretty quickly. Like, you yeah. know, from, like being like funny and ratchet to <laughs> right. like when they were like, so can you talk? Because I remember talking about the challenge and all the like um and the whole D situation had just happened. Yeah. So that's what I ended up talking about. I was like, well, as an Asian um, woman, we barely get any representation. Yeah. Um, but all, you know, all goes to Kevin, um, who came up with the idea. I just asked me to be on, um, that podcast. But yeah, I just think that Asians, especially, um, we like get forgotten. I don't know if yeah. that's the right word. Um, because sometimes with the CBS, you know, 50% rule, 
First of all, 50% is stupid. What does that even mean? Um, right. They just picked in. They were like, oh, we like this number. It's half of 100. Let's do yeah. that. Um, right. And, you know, from that, I feel like it becomes very binary, like literally black and white. Um, and yeah. then a lot of um, other identities get lost. Um, and it does. this doesn't equal stop having black people on. Like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't come for me. Um, all I'm saying is, like, I just wish, right? Like, we had more oh Rohans gosh. and had yes. more Hannah Chaddas, right? Like, You're think so right. Karishma, right? Like, mm-hmm. Ovi, like, all these amazing South Asian. I'm, I'm only talking about South Asians because that's who I can remember right now. But, right, like, I'm just Derek X. Um, you know, it's like, why are there only one of us? You know, on these shows, um, yeah. and the Asian sub, like the Asian continent is so huge that even if you have two Asians, we don't have the same like connection exactly. at all. Yeah. Um, so I probably, you know, because all my friends, most of my friends in high school were black, I might connect way more with the black people mm-hmm. on the show than I would maybe the other Asian on the show. So that's just something like I want, you know, production to understand. It's like, when we say we want more representation, right? Like, I don't just mean like one, you know, Asian on the show. Like, it's horror. It's so hard for that person, as we've seen over and over again. Like, if they don't win vetoes, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're kind of screwed. So that's just something, you know, it like I'm both ending it. Like, yeah. we need more black people on the show, period. And we need more, you know, people of color on the show, period. Yeah. And I think people get, I think people will get that from you. And I laughed like hearing what you're saying about like, no, I'm not saying there needs to be less black people because if anyone hears that from Sasha or wants to at Sasha at me too. Listen, after Survivor Thailand, we know the trolls and I. Gosh. I'm not uh, the one. Let me just tell Hopefully they've been, have the people been mostly good to you? Yeah, that's okay. another thing. I don't ever again because I don't think I'm popular enough. So like that. So I'm grateful because like I think th- because I I get on a Same. few podcasts here and there. No, you please, you're popular. Well, no, it's like it's literally like one day there's a point that you I think that you get to where that you just you're just gonna get hate. You know, yeah, just because because you have so many people who are watching and who feel like they could say something about you. The beauty of like, I'm so fascinated to like hear about your experience with not with the trolls. Like I've mm-hmm. I've interviewed people and spent a lot of time talking about trolls and yeah. like that. But like, it's good to hear how how people are good to you. So you're saying like you're you don't feel like you've been super exposed on the podcast, so you haven't gotten that. But like the people, so the people have been good to you. Is, <laughs> yeah. is where I started. Yeah, I this. really. I mean, like obviously, I get a few trolls, and I'm annoying, yeah. so I like sometimes respond um, which is horrible but like I will drag I don't care just like your mom drags you exactly (laughs) exactly like I was born this way right yeah so I yeah I I have no problem dragging people especially if I think I'm right oh it's it's really bad for you like I I got the time Uh, so yeah that's why like uh, Shannon Gus has been one person that's really like I'm grateful she like sometimes will um message me you know and like just give me tips on how to deal with you know oh. trolls or you know if you're on a podcast and like you don't end up talking that much you know whatever like she um has been so kind she'll always reach out to me um and then Puya and Kirsten have been really great with like how to navigate that stuff um and of course Rob too I one time Rob texted me and was like 
I saw this tweet about like, you're fine. Don't even worry. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> please. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm grateful that one, I think if I have trolls, that mean I've made it. So I don't think I've made it yet. You know, you made it a long time ago. Because people are nice to me still. <laughs> You made it a long time ago, even beyond RHAP. You're oh a big deal. God. You're famous. You were on reality TV. Oh you were, you're one of the originals in reality TV. You were, you're one of the, the on it in the early 2000s. <laughs> in the early when was I in the sixth grade? Whatever that was. Whatever you changed you. the game. Like, honestly, you should have a Wikipedia page by now based on just that alone, but you've done oh so much God. more. But actually, I like following up on what you were saying. You mentioned, um, Asian representation and Kevin, Kevin McLean, who you did the podcast with. And, you know, Kevin's someone who, who as, uh, who I've talked with a lot about this and like a lot of topics and he was in DC. So like we've hung out and everything. And, you know, I'm kind of curious about like your thoughts on this idea of, and maybe this is like a good thing for us to kind of, as we get towards the end, like your thoughts on when you show up and like educate and your thoughts on when you step back and like protect your peace and say like, these people need to put need to put in the effort and like i'm curious how you balance those those two things because like sometimes it's our we really feel like we have like this role to play to speak up and to say something and to educate and other times it's like this is not worth my time and energy and so i'm like curious how do you balance those things it's not only in podcasting um but also just in your work because you could probably spend like 24 hours a day, seven days a week educating people if you wanted to, but like, yeah, what's that balance? Um, I, yeah, great question. I think that the biggest thing for me is, uh, just, uh, I think Mari also said this, right? Like we know who's on the other side. Like, are they listening to us? And, and mm. I really echo that sentiment because, um, I have a master's, um, in human relations, which is literally how humans interact with each other. So, um, I, Something about myself, I'm pretty judgy human being. Uh, like anyone that's close to me, um, will know that like I'm, I'm pretty, no, I'm quick to judge people, but I'm like the vibes, like I, I'm a cancer. I don't know if it comes from that, but like I'm pretty like on point with how I feel about people. Like I've noticed that if I'm like, Hey, Matt has like a really great vibe. I know I'm going to like rock with him or like if blank person and I just won't get along. And then later on, it's, mm -hmm. you know, like people will come to me like months later, even being like, Oh my God, Sasha, like I actually, yeah, don't like this person. So I don't know. I've always had that kind of innate ability, I think to like, see through the BS, right? Like who's genuine, who isn't. So I've realized that um, in like, in just life, I think, and when I'm on a podcast, right? Like um, I'm, I'm usually on the big brother and 90 day fiance one. So in those moments, I do feel like I need to educate a little bit, right? Where I do need to, I think, say my piece is how I feel. So yeah. um, if something happens, I always um, write it down. Like I'll always write down like what I feel like I need to, like the points I need to cover about, Asians or you know whatever about yeah. like if I'm the only person of color on the panel right like whatever I'll like write two or three points and then I don't like to go super deep into that because I don't want to one be fighting with the chat or yeah. fighting with trolls like it's that's not the reason but because you know I've I've studied this I um, have a degree in like literally social justice um, and psychology right all into one where I know like 
here's, you know, things I need to like point out, but then I also need to move on. Cause like, you not paying me to do this, right? Like, if you pay me, I will educate you, you know, like yeah. put me on your roster. I don't care. Um, but you know, it's, that's something I, that's how I protect my pieces. Like, am I getting paid? Um, you know, to like constantly go back and forth in education. Like, I think it's okay to like, educate someone when it's like a one two right like oh here's like a few points here a few articles live your best life as opposed to when someone is like really coming at you with their like stupidity where i was like you're not paying me for this why am i arguing like no goodbye so that's how i think i see it where i have like a threshold of like this and i and and your sincerity i think because i've been in situations where some white people genuinely like had just like no idea and like truly came from like a good place did not say the right things it doesn't matter but like meant it in a good way so like i'm happy to then like smile and educate them but i'll always end with like but don't ask someone else that or like here or i'll always be like you didn't do this wink but i hate when people ask me how i speak english so well Mm -hmm. um even though they kind of low-key did so that's how i've like just um, through mentorship, through, you know, a lot of work, like figured out how to like call people out and call people in as necessary. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And it's like a good balance. And you have to kind of know when to put your energy there mm-hmm. and when and know when it's like, okay, I'm not on the clock right now. And it's it could be a full time job to educate people yeah. about many things. And so it's good to hear hear that. Um, you know, before I get to well, you know, let me just go to the question. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you need a second to think about it, you could take that second. But, you know, one question that I, I've asked every interviewee at the end of these interviews is, if your life were a book or documentary, what would the title be and why? And you know what? You're ready. You look like you're ready. You look <laughs> like you have this figured out. You're like, good. I've been, I have my bullet points listed out. I have my title. I, I wrote up the book cover, everything. <laughs> Listen, one thing is I will never show up unprepared if I if I know that it's like a reoccurring thing. So I definitely (laughs) thought about it. I'll say that because I was like, I don't want to get caught looking dumb. Uh, That's like my worst fear. I hate being embarrassed. Like I I hate it. Oh no, I will always, I will always like cover up for people. Even if you, I I could have gone on a a minute just to give you time to think about it. Exactly, you thought about this. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, maybe something will come up while we're podcasting, but like I don't know. So yeah, I think mine would be just like Sasha Joseph living a life full size because I, I always joke that I'm fun size. So yeah. Uh, well, I'm uh, okay. Well, let me ask you a follow up question to throw, catch you off guard. Um, if it were, let's assume it's a book, mm-hmm. like, would that, would Sasha Joseph living life full size, um, who, who would write the, who would write like the foreword of the book? Oh, in my your God. life. <laughs> oh, Bam. I think my mom, I think my mom oh, would write yeah. it. Um, just because we, we that's my ride or die. We've been through so much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Or a men, you know, like, or someone that I really respect, like professionally. Um, yeah. It would have to be my mom or like someone I respect professionally, like my current boss who like seen me through a few years now. Um, so yeah, I think so- someone that like understands that like I'm funny and I want you to like cover that. And mm-hmm. also, <laughs> you know, like talk about my accomplishments too. Yeah, well, I mean, 
It's awesome. It's been awesome talking with you. We could probably be, there's probably, we could just be here for, I I, know we could be here forever. We could keep going, but I want to give you the opportunity kind of as we close out. Is there anyone that you want to, I'm going to keep this open-ended. Is there anyone that you want to either drag or (laughs) the opposite of drag? Um, as we close this out, there's just me- like, is there anyone you want to drag or what's the opposite of drag? Like celebrate, yeah, um, uplift, lift up, elevate, all of those. Yeah. Things. I think you said the, a great like drag or some other word that sounded good earlier, but I, oh, I, I have forgot. no idea. So, Maybe that should be my um, drag or should- don't drag or no drag. It's like deal yeah, or, no deal. or like. Um- <laughs> Or like Sasha Joseph, I love mess. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's the backup. T- that's your second book, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's because if the first time, if the first one sells a lot, then we'll but, do. Oh my god! But yeah, I just want to give you the space. Yeah. To, uh, actually, more broadly, like not even about dragging. I mean, you could drag whoever or elevate who or lift you. up whoever. But more broadly, I just want to give you the space to like share any advice or words with whoever's listening, kind of as we start to wrap up uh wrap up or wrap up i I just thought of that one myself (laughs) Um, yeah totally (laughs) i yeah you know when i want to say thank you uh first you know and you are the first person i think i would like to lift up um because mike bloom i think specifically talks a lot about you in that way where you're just such a good interviewer um and how you know good you are at creating this sacred space um but i also just want to lift up right secondly like rob um and and you know again like i know you and mario also said this like we don't want to constantly sit here and do this but like i really do feel so grateful because i had zero um you know, like zero practice on podcasting, right? Like I just kind of showed up to be myself and Rob and uh-huh. and I say Rob, but I mean like Rob as the entity also because there's multiple people that we don't see um that are also doing the work. So, you know, I just, I'm so grateful for that, you know, and for them to create the space for us because I know there's so much like frustration and so much like flack they get um for us right and like us yeah. being our bringing our full selves to this space uh but here we are still suck it no i'm just kidding um <laughs> but <laughs> but you know i'm just i'm so grateful for this for this sacred space um and yeah. uh and third i think yeah the people right that we have met through this journey i think it it's different people for different ones. And I, and I don't want to name everyone because I, I know I'll forget someone and that'll be horrible and disrespectful. But, you know, I just want to say like for people from class of 2020 that I talked to, um, and you know, the, like the quote unquote, they're not older age wise. I just mean like the people that have been right. doing this, um, for a long time. Like I just want to say how, you know, I want to lift them up because they didn't need to share the space yeah. with us. They don't need to share, um, you know, anything with us, but the fact that, you know, they're so willing to like open arms and really like allow us to be us and, you know, authentically us where, um, and not feel so stressful. Like I know that when I'm irritated about certain things, like I'm, I'm, I can reach for certain people, um, because people in my real life aren't going to understand, right? Like Mm -hmm. what it is to get a troll or this like reality TV drama. So again, I'm just, I'm grateful for that um and those podcasters like you know who you are um yeah. for for being 
that space and being this like sacred community. Uh, and lastly, for um, the listeners, because yeah. like what a chance they're taking. Like you don't need to listen to me. Like there's, app, you know, I owe you nothing. You owe me nothing. Um, but you take a chance and you believe in the product so much. Um, and I don't know that they're shouted out in this way um, in a lot of times where I think we're like, oh, we have the best listeners to create great community. But I also just want to say like the resilience of this community and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just and I know music like and just the the joy that um, they are able to bring to all of this and to all of us so that we can keep doing this Um and the, the, yeah, like, I think that's like what I want to lift up in these spaces because, um, it does get deep. It does get messy. It yeah. does get, um, confusing and hard. Um, and a lot of times where a lot of people are like, well, I just didn't know about blank thing. I didn't know this thing existed. Um, so, you know, shout out to you who are willing to learn because of us, um, and who are willing to like be an ally, um, so that we, uh, especially the people of color um, don't have to do the work. Um, yeah. And I, I there's so many, um, like I want to name white listeners that are, that call, you know, call in or call out like dirt that happens yeah. to us. So yeah. I, you know, I want to name that too. Um, like I don't always want to, you know, talk about the haters because um, I want to lift Thank up you. like the allies that are um, out here doing the work. Even if you have like 10 followers and you don't think we see you're defending us like we do. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just what I want to lift up. Wow. I love, well, one, like plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one to all of that. Seriously. Um, and you know, the, maybe the, there's, I like, I, and I get what you, and I, first of all, I just think it's ironic that we started talking out with mess and you have like the cleanest, uh, cleanest, like, uh, exit to the podcast. Like, Wait, I'm not really? going to name names. I'm not going to name names because I'm not saying in comparison to anyone else. I'm just saying in general, like the fact that you're just like, I'm not going to name names, but I appreciate all these people. And you thanked everybody. Um, <laughs> big thanks. Like, obviously, I, I think it's, it, it's important that we give that thanks. Like, to, in all seriousness, like, I'm sure Rob, I know Rob appreciates it too. And, um, I don't think anyone could hear. It enough how important they are but the listeners especially um stand out to me well actually everyone stands out to me but, no, like but I pod- know what you mean. anyone who's yeah. listening right now i mean especially stands mm-hmm. out to me so podcasters rob whoever it might be it, li- like uh, listeners who just listen because like you don't need to be this far into this podcast hearing our voices and so i legitimately like i have i don't i might not know you but like i have so much love for you for yes. the people who are listening and um you said it better than i possibly could so something that i've been asking people you know like here and there um do you have like a sign off for this podcast mm. <laughs> I, you know, I really should have practiced that one. That was the one thing I didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, right. I didn't practice a thing before either. So thank God, uh, okay, something good. came to me. But uh, yeah, maybe the sign off could be. You know, thank you. I say this on Love and Hip Hop, but I think mm-hmm. it works here too. I'm sure. cheating. I don't care. Uh, fight me. Uh, but yeah, I think it's. You know, thank you so much for being here with my friends. Make sure you share with your friends so we can switch and be friends. Well, damn. Bye, Pop. I say this on Love and Hip Hop. So I, you know, it's the rap lyrics. I know. I did not come up with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think it's a Biggie song, right? I'm yeah. going to do the Mari uh, Bye Pod Friends. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Pod Friends. And thank you so much, Sasha, for being part of it and sharing your story, sharing your journey for not being afraid to take up space and to have your voice be heard, but in the process, creating space for other people. Um, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the learning I've had from you. I'm thankful that people are hearing the sound of my voice now, which means that they listened. And I would encourage anyone who really loved this episode again to leave a review, leave those five stars and subscribe to the podcast. But also let us know on social media at Matt Scott GW at Hey Pod Friends. Um, let Sasha know what you think at fun size underscore oh four. Like get in touch. Let us know what resonates. Let us know how your story connects with Sasha's and keep an eye out because the season finale of Pod Friends featuring the one and only Wendell Holland is coming up next week. Um, special thanks to the RHAP team, to Scott St. Pierre, Rob Sesternino, Sam Moore, to Hannah Lidsky, Tricky Rice, Chelsea Lesser, and just their entire team, everyone behind the scenes. Thank you so much for making this possible. Um, but, you know, until next time, thanks for being a pod friend. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.